There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch, brand new week of the show. Great to have you with us. Wasn't it gorgeous the weekend? Yesterday especially and again today. God bless the weather. It's great foraging. Get out and about and it's lovely and long. May it continue. The longer you have it at this time of the year, it shortens the old winter, doesn't it? It really does. Welcome to the show. We have lots of chat for you over the next couple of hours or so. We may not have Garth Brooks. We might have Garth Brooks. I'm not too sure, but we do have Trevor Smith. And by God, this man knows all about the man who's been in Dublin this morning announcing his concerts. David Kieran is with us. He's the founder of Zoma Marketing Agency in Dundalk. And he is a great old story and he's celebrating five years in business. We're heading to Sweden to check in with one of our regulars abroad, Sweden, an outlier when it comes to COVID. How are they getting on? We haven't spoken to local journalist Patrick Riley for a while, but let's see as COVID sweeps through Europe again how they're getting on. He's based in Stockholm, of course. My artists of the week, yes, they are rock and roll royalty. It's Fleetwood Mac all this week for you in story and song. And if you want to get in touch with us on the show, don't forget the usual numbers 086 658. You can WhatsApp or text me or 1850 715958 if you'd like to call in. Now, for the last week or so, we've been banging away here telling you about the big open day coming up at DKIT this Wednesday from 3 to 7. And of course, DKIT, what a wonderful place, right here on all our doorsteps in the northeast, educating people. From way back, I even went there when it was the RTC. I told you that before, but by God, it has stepped on since then. And it has such a range of courses and facilities. And I'm delighted to tell you, I'm joined today by a lady who's part of the team there now. But what a story she has besides. She's the Head of Marketing and Communications at DKIT. And I'm delighted to say hello to Linda McQuaid. Hello, Linda. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining me on the show. Well, first off, let's get the real business. Uh, uh, let's focus on it for a moment. DKIT. Yeah and this open day and, and what's coming up. You have been sus- subscribed heavily for this, haven't you? We have. We have. We uh, decided that we would do a face-to-face, in-person uh, open day, but that obviously what we wanted to do was to put in place all our COVID restrictions to make it as safe as possible for everybody who is going to attend. So we are starting at three o'clock, but you have to register. You have to have a ticket and you have to have a COVID cert. So we're expecting students and parents to turn up in unison together uh, to look at potential courses for the intake in September 2022. Uh, And as you said earlier, it starts at three o'clock and we're finishing up at seven. And the only slots that we have left are 6.30. So there's still some slots left. So you need to go on to dkit.ie forward slash open days. That's plural with an S. Uh, and you can register for the 6.30 slot. And when they arrive on site, Jerry, they will um, get to meet lecturers and tutors and heads of department from the various courses that are on offer in the college. And then our student ambassadors are going to take small groups on tour of the campus so that they can see the lab, 
labs and the recording studios and the TV studio and the engineering labs and everything that we have to offer uh, and then they will uh, leave and we'll sort of churn everybody safely through. So as I say, we've booked people in in separate little slots. Okay, good to hear. So 6.30 is all that's available. Don't show up on the night if you're not booked because you're only going to cause difficulty for yourself. You won't won't get in. You won't get in. It won't get in, yeah. And that's very important to say. But Linda, there's good news. Those slots will fill, I'm sure, at 6.30. You're going to do it all again in January, aren't you? We are going to do it all again on Saturday the 15th of January. Now, everybody who is sort of studying for a leaving cert at the moment will know or doing their A-levels that the CAO closes their first round sort of that you have to have it filled in by the 1st of February. Uh, So what we want to do is to get as many students as possible uh, into us before the 1st of February so that they can see the courses we have on offer our beautiful campus, which you know I mean, as somebody who went to DKIT, I'm sure you'll agree. Yep. Jerry, it's a great campus. Fantastic. Uh, and also uh, get to sort of meet lecturers and students alike on the night and then they'll be able to make informed decisions for the 1st of February. Very good. So that is the good news. Yep. How are you getting on anyway in general terms at the moment as, you know, the world changes yet again in Ireland in particular and with COVID cases on the rise. How are you faring out with your existing cadre of students and lectures? Well, we've everything you mean on on site in place to make it as safe as possible. So obviously masks have to be worn inside at all times. Um, lecture theatres, you know I mean, all the ventilation is, is on in the lecture theatre where possible. Unfortunately, we have to have windows open as well if there's, you know I mean, windows in the rooms, basically. Uh, we have to have those, you know I mean, you have to have your COVID cert to get into the restaurant, to eat in the restaurant. Um, so, yeah, no, it's difficult. Nobody's, nobody thinks this, uh, the last two years, nearly two years now have been easy. It's been incredibly difficult on everybody. But it's very important, um, I think, that you know I mean, the education establishment stay open, you know what I mean, and that yeah. students from primary school right the way through to higher education can stay in education. Here, here, I say to that, and every effort must be made to ensure that, that that happens. Well, what a change for you in your life. You're bringing it all back home, returning to your roots in Dundalk in this role. It's some change from where you've been on this wonderful journey since you joined Granada Television back in 1990. Exactly. Uh, I I suppose I sort of am the epitome of what lots of people have probably done when lockdown came and, and life changed. You know what I mean? I sort of rethought, what did I want? You know what I mean? Moving forward. And I decided to come home. Yeah. So I've come back, um, living now in Black Rock, and uh, I've got this great position now in the college. So I can use all my sort of promoting to big audiences obviously I would have done you know what I mean productions like You're a Star and I worked on This Morning and Stars in Their Eyes in the UK and that's obviously communicating to big audiences and encouraging so now my job has turned around that I'm um, you know what I mean speaking and marketing to slightly smaller audiences but encouraging people to think of DKIT when they're looking for their higher education options Oh you bring a wealth of experience knowledge and contacts for sure Stars in their eyes I can see the smoke because tonight Matthew I'm going to be oh yes what a show that was yeah no it was it was brilliant it was but it was very much of the time I think you know what I mean I'd, I'm not sure Stars in Their Eyes would work now mm. I think you know what I mean with the likes of X Factor and all of that I think it, and you're a star I just think it's moved on to a different uh, to a different realm but yeah no it was it was a brilliant series to work on and I learned a huge amount on it so I'm, I'm delighted that I have it on my CV you mentioned X Factor and of course it is now out it has uh, run its life cycle and come to an end. Is that the way of the world with things and that's the way it is and will always be? There'll be different incarnations, things come and go. I think definitely things come and go and they sort of use me. It's almost like fashion. You know what I mean? Like it'll come round eventually. Like it's really interesting at the moment. I'm really enjoying Blankety Blank on the Saturday night yes. with uh, Bradley Walsh. Now, who would have thought after the first iteration of Blankety Blank that it would be, you know what I mean? He's, he's brilliant. Mm. It's just light entertainment at that time of the night when you just want something a bit sort of uh, enjoyable and um, it's perfect. Perfect viewing on the Saturday evening but I think everything sort of has a life cycle and it will eventually come back round again mm, and, and you know Alan Carr has been doing you know this uh, 
conglomeration of, of a number of the classic series presenting different ones of them. I'm sure you've seen that yeah, as well. Them, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the price is right when I think of that, you know, like, and, and, and the great ones from years ago, player cards right with Bruce and things like that. They will come round, won't they? Well, because we used to always say when we were developing ideas, like, no idea is truly original. You know what I mean? Every idea is born out of something else. Mm. Uh, and it's just sort of trying to think into the zeitgeist and what people are wanting and what an audience wants. And almost, you know what I mean, cre- thinking creatively and outside the box as well as to what will capture people's imagination. Mm. I'm a big Strictly fan myself. What has it got? What is the appeal in Strictly Come Dance? And I often sit back and try to think what it is. It's got at a competitive level, which people absolutely love. And really, when you think about it, I did the Irish version of MasterChef and we were blown away by you know what I mean the figures that that series got and, and I had a very young demographic watching MasterChef mm. and the thing that always used to surprise me was when we sort of looked at the figures like we had a huge under 18 demographic and that was the competitive level and I think what Strictly Come Dancing has is it's competitive it's got great music you know what I mean it's almost like the collection of the beautiful people as well you know what I mean everybody looks fabulous and spray tanned and all of that and you know what I mean it's just got a nice sort of tone to it as well and you were there Linda McQuaid when a gentleman called Peter Kay got his big break tell us about that well, we were looking, I was working for the BBC at the time and uh, we were working on a show called The Sunday Show, which was sort of an irreverent comedy, you know what I mean, mishmash on a Sunday morning. And we wanted to do a sort of look at the telly that week, basically. And um, I had hired Peter as a warm-up artist on a show that I'd done for Granada Television and had suggested that he would be great. And we ended up coming up with this idea idea which was the world the world of Peter Kay and it was his sort of irreverent look at what was on the box and, and telly personalities and stuff like that. So it was on BBC two on a Sunday morning and then after that Jerry his career just went from strength to strength. Oh amazing. One thing you mentioned and, and there's no doubt about it, I love that series MasterChef on in an Irish context as well and it went so well. But at times when we compare the Irish dancing with Strictly, there's a huge difference. Why is that? Oh, simply money. Mm. Money. I mean, the budget for Strictly Come Dancing, you know what I mean, is just phenomenal. And that's what the BBC is able to do. And that's why the world over, you know what I mean, everybody looks to the BBC because at the end of the day, they have slightly got, you know what I mean, very deep pockets and they're able to do those huge series and do them so well. But I definitely think the Irish version, you know what I mean, has something truly uniquely Irish about it. And it's a great success. And I'm looking forward to it now. It'll be back on, hopefully, in the new year. Yes, it's it's on its way back. Of course, you produced The Apprentice, another one I absolutely love. I honestly thought, and I don't think he's in the best of fettle at the moment, and I interviewed him here myself face-to-face on a couple of occasions. I'm thinking of Bill Cullen and The Apprentice. That transferred brilliantly. It did, it did. And, and again, we, we had sort of a, 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 you know what I mean, we certainly had to examine, because that was done originally by the BBC in the UK, and again, their budget didn't even reflect anything that we were working with. So we had to look at all the elements that went into making up the brilliant BBC version and handpick the bits that we could do really well on a fraction of the budget. Mm. And I think that's what we did very well with the Irish version of The Apprentice. Another one I have to mention, because game shows, they're they're eternally popular, as you say, with all ages as well. And a huge watch from a younger demographic too. Michael McIntyre, he's back with the second series of The Wheel. I don't know whether you've seen it on BBC. Yes, I have. Well, you know, on Saturday, it's one of those moments, Linda, I'll always remember. He had rapper Big Nasty on The Wheel. (laughs) And he asked all the celebrities on the wheel now you'll have to watch this folks if you haven't watched it I'm not going to explain it to you but there's so many slebs on this wheel that rotates around and there's contestants and they win money etc etc but Big Nasty was on the wheel and in this round he asked each of the contestants he just spun the wheel and said okay name a green vegetable you didn't see this did you? No, no I didn't no. <laughs> it, 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 Debbie McGee was on it and uh, Gabby Logan and others and they all you know broccoli cabbage but it came to Big Nasty he says orange <laughs> Name a green vegetable, Linda. <laughs> Linda. 
<laughs> you should look back at it. Yeah, no, I will. I'll have a look and at McIntyre, it. And McIntyre, you know McIntyre, yeah, his brilliance. brilliance. He's very quick. Oh, he, he just carried it. He carried yeah. it so superbly. But here's sort of a, sort of a leading question for you before we finish up today. You know the way uh, media has fragmented hugely, and especially you know in, in, here and radio and voice, but but in television especially, where you know the Amazons and all the Sky channels and everything have come along, and you look at where you worked, you know, in the traditional ITV Swedish stations, the BBC here at home with TV Three now Virgin. Where is it going, Linda? I think there's always going to be a place for uh, the non-string, you know what I mean, terrestrial television. There will be a place in all our lives, you know what I mean, at the end of the day, it's where most of us get our current affairs, you know what I mean, our validated, you know what I mean, current affairs programmes. Um, you know what I mean, and I think there's a role, you know what I mean, for all our radio and television stations that we have here uh, in Ireland, and they have an audience and they serve a community There are benefits to the streaming services as well. I think ultimately it would be great if, you know, I mean, the streaming services were looking to the likes of Irish producers, you know, I mean, to create content for them as well. That it wasn't just all the big houses from the states and the UK that was generating content for them. But there's always going to be a place for the television in the corner. Oh, thank God. I feel relieved with those words of experience and wisdom. And of course, we have to mention our own RTE as well, the national broadcaster who do a wonderful job too, of course. Uh, Look, I wish you well in your new role. And just reminding people, a few places left, only a few, the 6.30 slot for the open day at DKIT this Wednesday, the 24th. DKIT, just give us the... um, It is dkit.ie forward slash open days and days with an S on the end. Okay, 6.30. 30 slots only folks don't attend if you ain't booked or pre-registered you won't gain access and just for anybody who's missed out this time don't fret it's coming back in January and we'll be talking about that before then Linda it's been a real pleasure wish you well Jerry thank you very much talk to you soon take care of yourself bye bye that's Linda McQuaid there what a wonderful lady what experience she has in this business across the board and she's some addition to the college there late lunch LMFM radio Listen up, listen up, bingo players. I might be able to win you a few pounds after this break. Yes, LMFM Radio Bingo is back. Great daily prizes and big, big jackpots. The jackpot is €8,000. And don't forget, you can get your book for the game online or from outlets across the North East. I have two books to give away today to two people. So two winners on late lunch today. Bingo nicknames, I always come back to them. What number am I talking about? Rise and shine. The nickname for what number? It's the nickname for a number. Rise and shine. What's the number I'm talking about? Text or WhatsApp your answers to 086-1800-658 and we'll pick a couple of winners before the end of the show. Our Louise, look at that message in there. Hi, Jerry. Arsenal have a great ladies team. Maybe they should join forces with the men, says Thomas. Oh, <laughs> did that hurt? They, ha- they were hammered by Liverpool. They were hammered. It was boys against men. And Arteta, the manager, I don't know still, the way he set them up, I think he was a lot at fault for it. But anyway, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I take it. I accept it. We're behind all the big boys. But you know, the Manchester United manager was sacked, Louise. Gone. You heard that at the weekend. Yeah. Solskjaer. It was only a matter of time uh, before he went as Who's well. Who's replacing or is there any word or is it uh, all no, just a, speculation? Michael Carrick in on a temporary basis, so they have. And uh, they're going to, well, they said they might make an interim appointment to the end of this season and then appoint a manager. Oh, let's see. Will they go for somebody? Will they go and prize somebody else from an another club like Pochettino from Paris there's talk of that or will they go for Zidane who's out of a job they say he hasn't got great English they say he's learning English so he can say no to Manchester United (laughs) some others say Uh, that type of thing and (laughs) Steve Bruce might go in there Bruce was sacked by Newcastle but he's a former player he might agree to go in on a temporary basis at the end of the season you don't know but let's see what happens anyway sure he keeps the the papers printing it's a kind of a poison challenge at the minute. Yes, it is. I think with them and Arsenal, the bigger problem is this. They're run by absentee landlords who live in America. You understand? Mm. And they appoint people to run the shows here and they're not doing a great job at the moment. I think that's a huge part of the problem as well. Just my tuppence worth for what it's worth. And Fergal Mary. I want to just remind you that you set us on the wrong tack altogether, didn't he? He did, Louise, on Friday. Name tuna. I'll name that tuna. <laughs> Bubblegum shrimp. Shrimp. Shrimp, Fergal. <laughs> I don't think there was tuna in the movie. My son met me out and says, what was that Fergal Mary fella talking about tuna? And I think I just mentioned 
shrimp myself on Friday. Anyway, it's bubblegum shrimp. Were you ever in the restaurant with Eloise? No? No. I, I ate Where in... Where is but it? In- it's a franchise now from the movie. Right. From the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, a franchise has emerged and they have restaurants. They're in London now as well. They're all over the place. But they were in Times Square, New York only for a while. And I was in there eating, but... The sh- everything is shrimp-based dishes, fish, you know what I mean? You can get a thing called a bucket of trash. A bucket of trash? In the restaurant, yeah. And what's in it? Oh, fish and shrimp and Why is it called a bucket of trash? Is that a just, reference well, to the film? It's just a big bucket of stuff, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you pick out of it as well. So there you are, it's shrimp. I could sell a few of them my tins of tuna. You could. Bubba was his friend and Captain Dan and they went fishing for shrimp and they couldn't fish for a while and then they got millions of them and they set up a business and now there's a franchise and you know yourself. Anyway, it all came from Forrest Gump, so did. Anyway, Fergal, good to uh, just put the record straight today. I know he's probably listening, he'll hear about this. Anyway, late lunch, LMFM radio, coming up after two o'clock. What's happening in Sweden with COVID? Patrick Riley, who we touched base with for the last couple of years, is with us again on the show. But taking us towards news and weather at two, it's Westlife. Oh, I love this one. Fool again. I'm always an old fool. Baby... I know the story I've seen the picture It's written all over your face Tell me Now, my next guest has been with us on Late Lunch, on and off, over the last 18 months or more. And it's because he's from the North East, he's from Drogheda originally, he's based in Malmo in Sweden. And of course, we all know that Sweden has been an outlier when it comes to the handling of the Covid crisis. And with cases uh, raging across Europe again, I'm delighted to welcome him back to the show. Patrick Riley, good to hear from you. Afternoon, Jerry. Well, Patrick, first off, you're due home, I is shortly for the first time in how long? Since just pre-pandemic, it was the end of February last year when my dad was turning 70. But that was the last time I've, I've been home. So, yeah, I'm due to come back for a weekend uh, before Christmas. Does it concern you what you're hearing on the, uh, the home front here? Well, I've been told there'll be no late mad late nights out, but now that I'm old, I won't be planning any mad late nights out anyway. But yeah, on a serious note, it is concerning to see how things have, you know, things seem to be opening up again and now they've closed down again. So yeah, there just seems to be mixed messages. That's the interpretation I have of it. Now, what about where you are there in Sweden? Uh, the country opened up there, really, didn't it? Back in September, all restrictions were lifted. Give us a, a feel for what's happened since then. Well, like we said consistently since we began talking about this in March last year, Sweden never had any lockdown, so we didn't couldn't really compare it with what was happening in other countries that were doing the same thing. So the Swedish approach has always been what they call a light-touch approach. And since things have completely reopened in September, the actual number of cases in Sweden is quite low. I think the recent figures, it was around 86 cases per 100,000, whereas in the neighbouring Nordic countries, in Scandinavian countries in Sweden, in Denmark and Norway, they're having cases rocketing significantly higher. Uh, the biggest thing in Sweden is that they have brought in uh, this the COVID passport as of the 1st of December. If you want to go to an event with more than 100 people, so if you want to go to a football match or a concert, you will need to show this uh, COVID passport, which hasn't been the case uh, uh, up until then. And also, they're just considering that they might bring that in for going into restaurants. I understand that that's the situation in a lot of other countries, but it's not the case here that you need to show uh, this COVID passport. So it's like the cert I have on my mobile phone if I go anywhere, and I haven't been that many places, I have to admit, but anywhere I have been, I've been stopped and asked for it. Uh, my contact details as well, uh, along with it, that's what you're talking about. It is, uh, like our cert here, a pass. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I got my second jab in August, but the only time I was ever actually asked to show it was when I crossed the the, the border. I went to Copenhagen for the day, and I went into a shop there, or, or and they asked me to show it. But I haven't actually been asked to show it in in Sweden. And another thing that they've been that they're going to do now, they're going to reintroduce uh, free testing because there was they had scrapped that mm. now from the as actually I think it's as of today. 
if anyone's showing any symptoms, they can go into their local pharmacy and uh, get a free testing kit. And that's from kids from the age of six onwards. So there's still... It's, it's very it's still different to how other countries are handling it, but the argument here is that the number of cases is um, quite low, and also the vaccination uptake has been I think around seventy five percent of people are double vaccinated. It's not there's no plans to make it mandatory here like they're doing in Austria. Mm. So those tests from the pharmacy, what we would call an antigen test here, that you can self administer rather than the PCR, where you have to go to a specific location and be tested. Yeah, exactly. So my older son, when we we were concerned that maybe he had the virus, yeah, we went to the pharmacy and got on. I had to do the test with him and he didn't have it. But uh, yeah, that's basically it. But it's going to be free and it's going to remain that way because there was some controversy when they announced that it was going to be, we'd have to pay for it. But uh, Mm. that's not going to happen now. So in a way, there are restrictions, limited restrictions, we have to say, being introduced. The COVID pass, like the uh, like we have here, the CERT, uh, the free testing to be available again. So Sweden, the government looking at this and certainly tightening uh, small areas. Well, it's a vast area with the, with the pass, of course, but tightening aspects of it again in anticipation of a rise in cases. Because I see the health minister there, uh, Lena Hallengren, has said, look, we expect a rise in cases over the winter because the respiratory condition. Yeah, exactly. And actually, as of today, Sweden will soon have a, a new prime minister, their first ever female prime minister. Uh, but the, look, something that is very different between Sweden and Ireland is that the public health authority here has independence from the government. And uh, that's why they've been able to take a different approach. And mm. of course, cases will probably rise and people will be getting their flu shots and the older people are have already been offered their uh, third kind of booster jab. Yeah. So, yeah, they, that's sort of ongoing for the uh, older population here. But it, it, people, younger people will be offered it as well going forward. But obviously the, the older, more vulnerable people will be offered it first because, uh, unfortunately, uh, 15,000 people died in Sweden of the coronavirus, which is a lot less. If it's in Denmark and Norway and Finland, it's only... One, one in 2,000 number of people that died. Quite different. So here's the point, and what I want to try to get to today with you, and can you assess this for us? The neighbouring mm. Scandinavian countries have had far more deaths. The cases are rising more rapidly there. They've employed lockdowns, unlike Sweden has. Sweden has avoided mm. this, as you say. And your former health minister, as we talked about several times, said, come the end of this, whenever that may be, Patrick, God knows at this stage, mm-hmm. you will see that Sweden will have fared well compared to the rest. Why? The big question to you. What is being done differently in Sweden? Well, what's done differently is how they've handled it from the outset. They, they always argue that this is a marathon, it's not a sprint, and they wanted to take a sustainable, long-term approach to it by having social distancing, by encouraging people to work from home, having regular tests. Uh, that, that was how they argued for it from the outset. Uh, you know, in, it's in Denmark, they made a huge song and dance about opening everything up again. And it was basically, you know, party central. But now they are getting concerned because of the very significant rise in cases. Mm. And, and there is, of course, uh, somewhat rivalry competition between the neighbouring countries for who is doing it best. Sweden, like you said, has been an outlier. And they've maintained that this is their stance. There's never going to be a lockdown now because, you know, we, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. This is their approach bringing in this COVID passport from the 1st of December, it's already available. So we, everybody has it who has mm. been vaccinated. But it just means if you want to go to a, an event with 100 people or more, you need to show this. That, of course, has already been used in other countries. And, it, and the, pros- the possibility will be if you want to go to a restaurant in the future, you may need to show it. But for me right now, if I want to go to a restaurant or a pub today, no one is going to ask me to see this uh, COVID passport. No school closures, you know, no mass closures like we experienced here. No lockdowns. Uh, what about your ICUs and hospitals? Coping, no problem. Well, from what I've read and what I've seen, they, they haven't stated anything out of the ordinary. What is noticeable, what we talked about before, is there is more mask wearing. Uh, people have definitely decided to, to wear masks more often. But there is, again, no mandatory 
the needs to wear them. So if you want to go, in, go out and about, go into a cafe, go into somewhere, if you're riding the bus, you know, it might be 50-50 between who's wearing them and who's not wearing them. But regarding the hospitals overcrowding, there hasn't been any uh, significant uh, change in that because uh, the Swedish Health Service, they, they're, they're famed for being able to, to manage things. And uh, right now, it doesn't seem to be a particular burden regarding this. Mm. Is it the fact that Swedish people are more compliant, are more to be trusted around self-responsibility? Is that what I'm hearing through what you're saying? Definitely. I would say the rules and doing things the the correct way, the right way, is uh, all part of the Swedish approach, just in general, everyday life. I mean, if you go into a bakery here, you'll have to grab a ticket and stand in the queue, you know, and then they'll press a button and your number will come up. It's not like just a free-for-all and jumping to the front. Uh, And even a lot of restaurants and pubs that have adapted to this uh, situation with the virus, they're all doing order via your app. So you don't actually have to go to the into when go inside. You order via your app, give them your table number, and everything is brought to you. So there is a stereotype, but stereotypes are there for a reason because they're partly true. And I would say the average Swedish person or people living in Sweden, they probably are a bit more law-abiding and not trying to bend the rules, and uh, as maybe they do in other countries. I often suspect in Ireland we are congratulated for what we've done and. The vast majority of people have done brilliantly, but there is an element and a significant element in Ireland who, I suspect, you know what I mean, that rules and regulations are for others. And this, mm. you know what I'm saying? You know, you're Irish yourself. You know what we're like. You know that uh, nod and wink. Do you know what I'm getting at? I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, there was a few cases of people having discos or weddings and different things. Uh here, because there hasn't been that uh, ever big lockdown approach, people have sort of just adapted to it. So, like, if I'm going to take the bus home, you know, it's very, very rare that someone would actually sit down beside you. Mm. You know, it's just people will generally keep their distance. Maybe that's kind of a Swedish thing. Anyway, people are generally a little bit uh, standoffish. It's quite a, a famous thing that people say, if you're in your apartment and you hear somebody in your in the corridor, you'll stick your eye through the people and wait till they've left and then you'll go out the door so you don't actually have to interact with them. So, And after living here for 10 years I'm probably guilty of that myself. <laughs> it served you well and the people there well by the looks of things and the, the figures bear this out also. Um, it's it's interesting, isn't it? And, and you know from the word go what the authorities there said they felt they would come out on the right side of this and this seems to be the case as the weeks and months roll into years as as well. Um, look, what about football and sporting events? You know, we've had the big games here. Ireland soccer against Portugal, Ireland rugby against New Zealand and Argentina. And of course, you've your big soccer league over there and other sports as well. How is that managed? Yeah, I mean, this, it's back to full houses now. And the, the Swedish league runs sort of uh, March through to November. So it's in the, the final uh, rundown now and the local team Malmo here is in contention to win the, the title again uh, the national team was uh, looking good to qualify for the World Cup but then they had a surprise defeat and then they, they lost against Spain in, in the last game so they're going to go into a qualifier but uh, regarding yeah, sporting events uh, it's possible if you want to go along to uh, I, I mean I brought my children they, they went to their first ever ice hockey match and um, they weren't particularly interested in it but uh, at least we were able to go so and again, there was no mm. uh, need to show any COVID passport or anything. We just went into the venue, and this is a venue that can hold like five or six thousand people. Yeah, I, I think there are a lot of lessons to be learned from Sweden, and more analysis needs to be done from outside the country. And if you see a country that's faring like this, we we need to take the learnings on board. And of course, before we finish today, Abba are back. Sure, everything's good in Sweden. They're back, yeah, and their their avatars, I believe, are supposed to be quite something. So yeah, you can. Uh, they've been doing a lot of promotion for the new album, and uh, yeah, they, they're going to be doing this avatars uh, or avatars. I think they're called uh, in London. If you want to go and see them in the not quite the flesh, but mm. I would recommend visiting the Abba Museum if you ever get a chance. Come to 
it's in Stockholm it's well worth a visit you can sing along to their to all their Fantastic. hits the new songs are, me- are meant to be good as well oh they're terrific we've uh, played uh, one or two of them here on the show as well and their album is getting rave reviews Patrick too young for them of course <laughs> You're never too young for ABBA or too old, let me say. Let's have no ageism on late lunch today. Anyway, (laughs) you're really good to join us. Hope you get home soon and enjoy your trip. We'll keep in touch, Patrick. Thanks, Jerry. All the best. The bar closes and you feel like falling down. I'll carry you home tonight. At midnight, no later with the new regulations. Yes, that's fun and we are young and I'll dedicate that to all the young people who haven't had much fun this last couple of years. That is for sure, but who has really? Hi Jerry. I've just returned from the UK this weekend and there's no sign of any virus there. There is no masks worn anywhere. There are a few that do wear them, but there's no requirement and nobody asking you to put them on. I inquired of someone and they said no, there isn't news of it on the UK like RT and most radio stations where we have it every hour and it really is scaring people says Steve this afternoon well they mightn't be hearing about it but they have 40,000 plus cases every day in the UK that is the reality even though their case numbers in hospital and ICUs have remained quite constant and they're well on with the booster jabs over there Peter welcome back to Late Lunch we thought something happened to you Jerry Kelly, will you lay off the constant 24-7 non-stop pro-vax propaganda? And he goes on to talk about uh, seasonal flu being part of the cases in hospital and all that type of stuff. Uh, Look, Peter, I am pro-vaccine. I say it again. I got my third jab myself recently and I believe that the vaccine will spare me, please God, from the worst of COVID, hospitalisation or whatever. That is my belief and I truly believe in it and I believe the scientists. It is no coincidence, Peter. Look across Europe. Look what's happening with the case numbers. Bar the exception of Sweden, and you heard me talking to Patrick Riley there a little while ago, I wanted to check in with him and just try and get a a grasp on why they are lower than everybody else and haven't had the lockdowns, etc. But I, I, I look, I have to tell you, like, the way it is, you see ICUs jammed here, and there are underlying reasons for that too, why... Uh, We haven't got enough capacity in ICU. Why we were slow with the boosters. There are certainly big, big questions to be asked there. But at the end of the day, like Sweden, it comes down to you and I and personal responsibility. I will tell you this, that I will not work with anybody who is unvaccinated. I don't want anybody in my office who is unvaccinated or in my home. I do not want them there. It's as simple as that. And I will tell them clearly that that's my stance because that is my belief. And uh, I believe people who are unvaccinated are putting themselves and others at risk. Over 60% of people in ICUs are unvaccinated people at this stage. Just bear that in mind too. I will never change my stance. That's my view. I'm, I'm with it all the way. Louise, from COVID to puddings, you have a question for me, have you? <laughs> I have. God, that was a rant that's a, there, Jerry. Uh, that's a quick, a quick <laughs> skip from one thing to the other. Well, that's late lunch for you, isn't it? Warm, cold... Hot, freezing, sawdust. up, down. What? Sawdust. Sawdust. Yes, Jerry. I was out and about on Saturday um, at a blitz, a football blitz, and a, be- a lovely fella called Tom Corrigan, pure gentleman around the Feckens, came up and said, Louise, Jerry's always talking about puddings around <laughs> this time of the year. Ask him, has he ever heard tell of a pudding cooked over sawdust? Never. Never now. Now you've got me. Never. But I'll tell you, just thinking on my feet here quickly as you say that, if you light sawdust and get it ignited, it will burn slowly. And you know it takes a long time to cook a pudding. Mm. I would say it could be a good medium. Did he tell you any more about it, no? Yeah, I never I never heard of it. But his dad used to get, um, years ago, he remember seeing his dad once, getting these small little drums mm. and putting a hole in the bottom of it so the air yes. can circulate. I hope I get this right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't. Pressure. Getting a rag yeah. um, with, you Just know, Just a combustible fuel. Oil. Yeah, yeah, yep. fuel. But yeah. not at the bottom. Yeah. Getting the handle of um, a brush yes. or a shovel, putting it down into it and packing that all around with, with sawdust. With sawdust, yes. Um, then putting kind of two planks, obviously putting it up on two blocks yes. um, so the air can circulate again. 
putting two planks of wood on top of it, mm. putting your pudding on it, letting it cook away. My God, there you go. That's an Obviously ingenious lighting, way yeah. of cooking a pudding. You've no steam on all your windows in the house and you don't Cooked have the outside, cooker on. He said, for the whole. Yes, mm. of course. That's a great idea. Never heard of that before. And it's an appropriate time. Thank you. Who, who told you that? What's his name? Tom Corrigan. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for that. And that's bringing us back for sure. And a very good and ingenious way of cooking a pudding. Just reminding you, we are, yes, of course, going to crown the uh, best Christmas pudding in the northeast again this year. So all you pudding makers out there, stand by. Keep us a piece of your pudding, or maybe a little pud if you could spare one. And we'll tell you more about near to the Christmas. Yes, it's on again this year. Best Christmas pudding in the northeast on late lunch. Short break. And after the break, we're back with David Kieran. Five years, Zomar celebrating. He's going to tell us more. They manage accounts for over 550 clients all over the world from their offices in Dundalk. It's his baby. It's called Zomar Brand Agency. But before we get into the business, baby, David Kieran, congratulations, Daddy. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, we had a new arrival there, uh, week old, uh, week old, Indy. So, yeah, a few days. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it was. And how is Mam? Mam's doing great, thank God, yeah. So, look, we got home there last Wednesday, so trying to get in and settled and uh, everything organised and that. But, look, it's enjoyable. Mm. Very different and very new, but, look, we're loving it already, so. And what's Mammy's name? Fiona. Fiona, yeah. congratulations, Fiona, to yourself, David. And welcome, little Indy. I love the name. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've... We have a few names in mind and look, when she was born, we just looked at her and we said, yeah, she's an indie. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good on you. Well, look at life has changed and changed forever. Let's talk about this other baby of yours. That's Is it five years old, Zoma? Yes, uh, we were five years there uh, this month. So it used to be marketing for me was the company um, and we rebranded there um, in February. Mm. So we just wanted a whole new look and feel and to really show off what we were doing. So we sat down as a team there. It was Christmas um, 2020, it would have been. Um, and we're like, look, let's think of a name and a whole new kind of uh, image for the company. Um, and we taught Azoma and we went with a real energetic pink kind of logo. It's very stands out an awful lot. It does. It's very noticeable, you know, so... Yeah, look, the response has been has been huge. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was uh, look when you rebrand and change, you know, you're always running the risk going from mm. one company to another. But it's been very successful for us to date. Well, you see, you guys know how to do this because you <laughs> help other people. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying to you. So if yeah, you yeah. can't do it uh, and be successful at it, who can? Just tell our listeners what are you doing, Zoma Brand Agency? Can you just in, in, in a few words just to say what you're about? Yeah, so like um, companies will come to us, they might have issues with their website, they might have issues with they head are currently marketing or they might not be finding time to manage their marketing and advertising. Um, so what we are is like we're a one-stop shop. Um, for companies to come to us, we have a team that includes web designers, that includes graphic designers, that includes videographers, photographers. So we can offer a whole service to a company. So um, clients will come to us and say, look, we know we're neglecting our marketing or advertising um, and we really want to put a structure in place, a strategy in place, and we want you to develop that strategy but also implement that strategy as well. So that's really important. Mm. You know, like we're not only developing a strategy, we are going and implementing it as well. So that's why businesses can trust us with all their marketing activities, whether it's digital, which is a lot of it would be online, especially over the last, 18 months or so um, with the current lockdowns and that but we also do an awful lot like we would have done a lot of radio ads we would do a lot of uh, newspaper ads you know so a whole range of different marketing and advertising strategies for companies mm. and that would range from small companies you know from five six employees right up to companies we're working with who have 600 700 employees and across loads of different industries whether it's construction hospitality retail or whatever so we cover them all. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, you've a wide wide gambit and as you said from the smallest business up to multinationals and big companies you are there to, to help them. I like a few things about you to be honest. Um, you're operating from Dundalk and, and yeah. serving customers all over the the, the uh, world. Now f- the philosophy obviously of your company is interesting. Um, talk to me about the work-life balance. That's very important for the people uh, as you, the founder and owner with your partners as well. That's really key is it oh it's huge you know like and i think everyone realized the importance of work-life balance over the last two years um and how it's changed and look i'm very active and i like you know physical activity and that and that has a really positive effect on your mental um attitude whether it's you know your own within your family or if it's your work life or whatever it is so when we sat down straight away we were like look we want to incorporate a work-life balance and we wanted that our team are constantly going and doing events together, that there's a great vibe within the company, that we're working out together. There's a whole social element to it as well. Um, and that's creating teamwork. It's creating you know, new ideas as well. Um, we have our own um, fitness partner, uh, Fred's Functional Fitness there in Nundalk. So we would go in and have workouts together. And look, you're building up your team spirit. You're getting together. You're clear in your mind because I find, you know, if you're stuck in an office for too long, you know, mm. you need to get some creativity from somewhere else. And it could be, you could be going for a walk down the road and an idea comes to you. Or you could be in the gym, you know, you just never know where you might get yes. creative spark from. Yes. Um, and that's why we find it so important that we have that work-life balance. And that's from all our directors right down to our designers, whoever it is, they all are bought into that philosophy of, look, work-life balance is so important in this company um, and any new people coming on like we have a couple of new employees starting now over the next few months as well like they are made aware straight away of the importance of work life and mm-hmm. that we want mm-hmm. to give you the best opportunity to know to feel good about yourself and be in the right positive mental state too mm. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more often uh, ideas I've had have come to me I love walking my dog and when I'm out and about with my mind clear you know what I mean and nothing else you think about things and they come to you, you you're so right on that one uh, and the other thing is you won't find Zoma staff in uh, uh, traditional suits or gear like that you're a big one into the casual gear yeah, look, I think another thing that's changed over the last while is the suit and tie and you know going into the office now I know People on Zoom calls might be suit and tie in a pair of shorts on, you know, that kind of way still. But, <laughs> uh, no, look, we said, look, we our kind of tagline is marketing actively and it's all about, you know, we're actively helping businesses develop their brands. Um, so we were like, look, I don't mind if you're in casual gear. We wear the usual, like, active gear with the Zoma logo uh, on it. And, look, I want my staff comfortable and been relaxed. And sometimes I found in the past, when I went into a room with five or six people in suits, you know, and shirts and tie in that, there can be a bit of close, you know, like kind of closed off, you know, that kind of yes. way. And it's not as open and it's not as a relaxed environment. Um, whereas we want everyone to come in and feel comfortable, you know, they're talking to us, they're coming in with their business and maybe some issues they're having with their business. And we want them to be able to be open and transparent with us so we can get to the root of the problem straight away for them. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of why we brought that in. Um, so you, look, it, it, it's, it's good, yeah, it's good. So you have uh, looking at Ireland, you know, our connectivity to the rest of the world, IT wise, people skills. There's plenty of it about here. You're confident that you, you say you're bringing on new people. Obviously, you're growing this business. Uh, the you know what I mean. The landscape is furtive for the future for you to keep continue growing. Oh, for sure. Like the we, we're working a lot now with DKT there beside us. Um, and there's some really good graduates coming out of it. Um, so they have been brought in. They have skills in all the areas that we work in. Um, and it's a great talent pool to have so close to us too, you know. And it's not even like look, we have a good network locally. We have a lot of clients locally. But even nationally, the colleges are now starting to focus on digital marketing and, you know, the importance of marketing. You know, like you drive down a road, you see a billboard, you see an advertisement, you turn on the TV, you know, you see it. It's everywhere you know in front of you so the importance of it is huge and the staff that we need you know we can easily go into any college here in Ireland whether it's DKT or Dublin whatever it is and find a suitable candidate 
and even then within companies as well, uh, people are starting to upskill their skills in, say, social media, in online courses, Google or whatever it is, ads. Um, so like the talent is definitely there. Um, and it's great to have that, you know, other industries are really struggling to find the talent that they need to be successful. Mm. Whereas we're lucky that there's a market there for it, you know, that kind of way. Yes, and and this time we're all living through... God, I'm going to get really fed up with saying this on the show. I really am at this stage. But like it's yeah. a, it is a reality that the world has changed since March 2020. How have you found it in terms of your business? Yeah, like... Look, uh, uh, the lockdowns and everything actually favoured our business. There was a huge swing to online and retail online. Um, so prior to March 2020... We would have only had two or three staff um, and maybe 400 clients. That's quadrupled it, you know, like that's since March 2020 and it's on the upward trajectory at the same stage. Because, you know, you were sitting at home, you know, you couldn't go into the shops. The only way you could buy something was online, really. Um, and we were specialists in that area and businesses knew that they'd come to us and trust us that we could deliver on that solution. And there's a number of businesses there locally that we're working with who are selling worldwide um, who prior to March 2020 wouldn't have sold outside of Loud, I'd say. Mm. You know, that kind of way. Yes, so, it's opened up opportunities, yeah. Oh, huge opportunities. And there's even companies they were working with would have a decision now that it could be like, look, we can nearly not have our, our premises or retail. We could just focus online solely because it's been so successful. Um, so, like, look, other areas with the lockdown and stuff affects us working remotely, um, how we interact with our clients like I, back in the day I would be very in favour of going out to clients you know face to face meetings and giving updates so we had to change that and look, Zoom and video calls if you had said 18 months ago or whatever two years ago that I'd be running the business from video calls you know you would have laughed about it you know, yes. that kind of way yes. but you yes. look at it now and it's very easy for us to link mm. into like we have clients down in Cork you know that's a four hour drive down and back whereas I can hop on a Zoom call and give a really effective service. Yes. Uh, where I couldn't have done it, where, you know, I would have yep. waited the full day before. Mm. So there's been a lot of benefits of for course. us. Of course, of uh, course. And, and you've explained that very well. Of course there are, there are cons, but there are so many pros as well. Listen, I just got to leave it there today. You're a great fella. You're going places. Congratulations on the rebranding to Zoma Brand Agency. I'm sure you're going to help many, many more people over the uh, years ahead. And again, good luck with Indy, uh, your new arrival as well too, David. Thanks very much. And just one thing, we're on uh, TV now on Thursday on TG Car at 9 o'clock. If people want to check in, they'll see we're on Guaranteed Irish. Um, so Lovely. So it'll be worth a look to learn a bit more about Zoma and that as well. Great stuff. TG Car 9 o'clock. On what night? Thursday, is it? Thursday night. Good man yourself. Wish you well, David. Nice to talk Thanks to you. Very much. Thank Take you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's David Kieran there from Zoma Brand Agency in Dundalk. Mr. Garth Brooks is in town. Yes, he was in Crow Park this morning ahead of his two dates here in Ireland in September. Tickets going on sale later this week. And we were there. Well, one of our sister stations were there to uh, see what he had to say. Here he is. Now, it is a press conference. It is a big room. And he's talking about the debacle of the 2014 failed concerts when he hoped to play here. Was it? was for five nights. Here's Mr. Brooks. It was like a death in the family to us. Man, that hurt. Hurt, hurt, hurt. So, um, I was telling Nancy... My thing is just try not to get emotional, right? Because it's still very fresh for me. It's like something I'd never experienced. And one of those things where you go, surely this isn't going to end this way, right? So it was one of those things that was a little hard to, to understand. Um, but you, your parents raise you to hopefully know what right and wrong is. What my right and wrong is what your right and wrong might not be the same, but we both believe in them. Okay, fair enough. So the right thing to do, it all was based on, it all was based on a group of people out of Limerick. When the first three went on sale, Ticketmaster went down in Limerick, and nobody from Limerick got tickets. So when Peter said they're going to, t- they're going to let you do two more shows. Ticketmaster sent a whole crew up to Limerick and made sure everyone in the queue was taken care of. That brings this. Thank God. We, got, we did what was right. We got what was right. 
and now we were told you're gonna have to tell those two shows or pick any two shows, right? I, I, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I was raised to be as right. So we either all win together or we all lose together. And uh, so I chose the, I chose the latter because I just didn't, I couldn't find a fair way to do it. So just treat everybody equally. That was, so I, I'm not sure what it was over here. If it was, in my opinion, if it was half as bad as it was over there at home, then it must have been pretty bad. I don't know how personal it was for you guys, but you guys have always treated me like I'm from here, so uh, if it was personal for you, then you kind of know how we all felt on our side. And, and try to remember the same guys that were here in 97, 98 will be here. So we all went through it together. You know, there's seven of us that started this crazy dream and dive bars with Bob Doyle in, in 89. There's five of us still playing together on it. That's it. All the crew guys are exactly the same that was here in Croak. So, if you haven't seen me do this yet, blessing and curse. The blessing of being Dublin and being Ireland and playing Belfast. The blessing is you get to be among what you think human beings would define love the best. Love this country. The curse is you don't live here, you don't get to experience it every day. And the chance you got just got taken away from you. So it's, um, it's tough, man. When, when you're the fun place to play and you're the party, it's tough when you don't get to go to the party. Oh, Teresa, it's lovely. Teresa Marin has just WhatsApped me in a beautiful picture of her Christmas pudding just out of the bowl. It looks gorgeous. I can smell it. Keep us a piece, Teresa. Don't forget, best Christmas pudding in the Northeast competition coming up on late lunch this year once more. Peter's back to me with another dissertation in Roast Pig, calling me a utter disgrace uh, because uh, I won't uh, have unvaccinated people into my home nor I don't want to work with them. That is my position, Peter, and it will not change no matter what you say. And I believe in vaccination and I had my third jab and all my family have been vaccinated as well. And people who don't get vaccinated, well, I have nothing against them at all. I just don't want them to be in their company and I don't want them in my home or in my workplace. It's as simple as that. And that's my stance and it won't change. Now, let me move on today and late lunch to my artists of the week and my artists of the week. Well, the rock and roll royalty, may I say, are Fleetwood Mac this week. Formed in London in 1967, their first iteration consisted of Peter Green, Mick Fleetwood and Jeremy Spencer. The following year, John McVie joined ahead of the release of their very first album called Fleetwood Mac. The band scored an early number one with the single Albatross, which hit top spot in the UK in January 69 for one week only. And would you believe this? I can't believe it, actually. It would be the only Fleetwood Mac single that topped the UK singles charts. Amazing, isn't it? Now, look, when I went looking at their lineup, well, my God, I'd be here till Christmas telling you all about it, but it's safe to say that it was constantly in flux during those early years due to constant wrangling and relationship issues they caused havoc. Things became so bad that in 1973, the band were first into a hiatus as legal eagles decided who were and who owned the Fleetwood Mac name. Incredible, wasn't it? It took four years to settle, but in the meantime, two versions of the Mac operated. Uh, Now, for my purposes, I'm sticking with the originals in their many forms. And I have to say that the addition of Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks to Christine and John McVie and Mick Fleetwood saw them release their 10th album, Again called Fleetwood Mac. It should have been Fleetwood Mac 2, to be honest with you. This would be the big breakthrough for them, reaching number one in the USA and delivering four major hit singles. Today, I begin a week of Fleetwood Mac in song, 
with this one from the 1987 album Tango in the Night and it's timely. I'll tell you why in a moment. Let's listen. Can you hear me calling out your name? You know that I'm falling and I don't know what to say. I'll speak a little louder, I'll even shout. Brilliant, aren't they? Timeless. Fleetwood Mac, my artist of the week. And why that song is timely, you may or may not know that it is this year's song for children in need on the BBC, covered by Niall Horn and Anne-Marie, brilliantly may I say, children in need that raised £40 on Friday night for their various causes. Absolutely brilliant. I support them every year myself by buying the Country File calendar, a number of the calendars every year. I love it and so much of the money goes to children in need as well. But there you are. That's Fleetwood Mac. Day one on Late Lunch with Everywhere. We'll be back this time tomorrow, of course, with more about them in words and song. Oh, yes, I've got friends in low places and one of them is Trevor Smith. Hello, Trevor. Jerry, how are you? I spoke to you, if I'm not mistaken, didn't I, when the concerts were cancelled in 2014? But you know what, Jerry? I was just thinking the very same thing. That's the last time we spoke, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And it's, here... uh, it, it, it was it was a crazy time that time. I was really looking forward to it, and this time it's 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 it's. I wouldn't say crazy, but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's up in the air, isn't it? it? It is. But look at anyway. You're back with us, and he is going to play two gigs in Dublin. He said himself, and I'm quoting him from the press conference today, that he'd love to play five, but two are assured anyway on the ninth and tenth of September. And I remember the last time. It is a while ago. You and I spoke, but you really got a bounce off that, didn't you, at the time? Because you are a tribute act to him. Yes, yeah, we got a good, we got a good bounce off that actually. Yeah, well, like we've been going for about twelve years, Jerry. You know, so mm. we were we were at it long before he he, yes. said he was coming over that time. And uh, yeah, we did. I mean, people just wanted to get in the mood for familiarise themselves with the songs, get into the swing of things, and then let 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 the man himself off and do the thing properly. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, Look, at, at the moment, he's getting two. He's wanting him to do five. Uh, the way it is with me and, and the band that we have, uh, I'd settle for one at the moment. Well, are, <laughs> you, know? you, are you, are you, you haven't got back, have you, or got going, well, we, no? This is the thing, you see. We were back, and we were we were just starting to get the, the phone was hopping again, and and now that we had a huge show coming up this uh, Saturday night in the Headford and Kells for Drumbara GFC, and uh, that's after being knocked in the head now as well, because of the, the yeah. COVID, you know. So mm. it's, it's, it is tough, like, but I don't want to be complaining. There's people out there with a lot worse stories than me. But, yeah, uh, yeah just when you see it coming back and you can see some light at the end of the tunnel and then the door closes again, you know. Mm. I hope it's only um, um, a, a, a bit on the road, to be honest with you, because... You know, I I know caution is needed at this time, but I, I'm I'm hopeful. I really am hopeful still, and I'm going to be talking about it on the show tomorrow at the top of the show that we, uh, we won't face you know what we did last year an entire lockdown, and that if we do uh, uh, mind ourselves or mind things a bit more over the coming weeks, that will facilitate getting back uh, to things uh, uh, in a normal uh, way sooner rather than later. But look at it's not good when you have what 400 tickets you'd sold was the for. for uh, this one, yeah, they were, they were doing really well, and like the Drumbar are so easy to work with, and, mm. and you know it was we've done it twice with them already, so we sort of knew what we were expecting. Really looking forward to it. After two years, rounded up the eight lads and got back, done a couple of rehearsals, and yeah. you know, and then you, you just like in fairness, it, it had to be done. We couldn't go ahead with it, you know, yeah. for the safety and on mm. that. Mm. But yeah, it's just it's unfortunate, you know. But please God, with 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 Mr. Brooks himself coming over, it'll give us a good lift for next year, you know. <laughs> it will, and that's that's uh, uh, to look forward to. I'm sure. H- have you ever seen him yourself live? I haven't. No, and uh, this, <laughs> a lot of people are are are, are uh, fascinated when I tell them that. No, I've never seen him, and uh, I've never seen him live. Uh, I had my ticket bought to go and see him the last time he was supposed to be here, all right. Mm. Um, well, it was just more or less uh, listening to him, obviously, and then looking at DVDs and sort of watching him on stage and even getting the shorts made and all that sort of thing, you know? Yes. Will you uh, up to queue in this long online line for tickets this Thursday? Are you going to give it a go? 
Well, I have a couple of kids at home, Jerry, and they're going to be sitting ready on the computer. <laughs> Good. I'll leave them at it. <laughs> I love that. They're the ones indeed. Well, listen, Trevor, I wish you well. I'm sorry your gig is off uh, this weekend, but please, God, there are better days ahead. Hope you get the ah, tickets. Please, God, yeah. And we'll yeah, tick-tack again. And look, it's, just, it's just one of these things. But yes. We're going ahead with it again on the 19th of March next year. And please, God, everything will be everything okay. Everything will be okay day, for know? that. And we'll touch base. We won't leave it as long again. I promise you, Trevor. Take care. Yeah, great talking to you, Jerry. Thanks a lot. You Take too. Care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Trevor Smith there. And uh, uh, sad about this weekend, but hopefully it will happen in due course. On tomorrow's late lunch, we're heading to Vietnam for a chat with local girl Sarah Clayton Lee. Neve Sharkey is with me. She's written a beautiful book, a beautiful book for children called Leaflings. And Sarah Carey will open the show. And she's so interesting always, Sarah. And we are going to be talking about the current situation, vaxxed, unvaxxed, you name it, when it comes down to COVID. But we leave you today. <laughs> Shall we just have to leave? you one man don't we I know we heard from already but this will get you in the mood for the tickets on uh, Thursday when they go on sale Eddie's coming next with the drive but we'll say goodbye to you today on Late Lunch with the man himself Mr Garth Brooks Blame it all on my roots I showed up in boots and ruined your blind tie affair the last one to know, the last one to show I was the last one you thought you'd see there And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes When I took his glass of champagne The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota and Dawkin Cavan Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance Visit blackstonemotors.ie Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.